Hello, hello, hello to my wonderful partners. I'm here, by the way, at a beautiful bungalow of a friend, uh, dear Jeff Ferguson here. And uh, your friend is... My friend's going to move here. He's visiting from Nashville. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris another Israel. pastor from Nashville. He's a minister. And dear Chad is sitting on this side here. Say hi so they can hear you. Hello, everyone. Miss everybody. Well... We missed you, but you were, you were with your mom and dad for Thanksgiving and afterwards. And today I want to, I want to finish talking about the prophetic and I want to talk to you about developing the prophetic. Lord, I pray today you'll bless your sweet people. You'll, you'll, you'll speak to them, Lord, and make things so clear and so simple for everyone to understand in Jesus' holy, glorious, darling name. Amen. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Okay, I'm trying to figure out if the camera is here or here. The camera is on this side, right? Okay, good. All right, now listen. Uh, let me just read 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one before that. But covet earnestly the best gifts. All right, so let's talk about how do I develop the prophetic? Well, first of all, let's realize that prophecy was a very vital part of the early church. Can I have my tea? Oh, bless you. Just put it right there next. You know what? If I can just hold it even. I'm having a cup of tea. Well, why don't you have some tea with me, you sweet people, okay? All right, because I don't want to keep reaching because when I, when, when, when I do that. All right, thanks. So, uh, the early church understood the prophetic. It was very, very vital to them. So prophecy, when it's done right, it brings the fire of Pentecost. Come back. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Just come back and sit down. Yeah. This is this is live, guys. This is, we're in a beautiful place here, and uh, thank you. Okay. So, oh, this is perfect. Okay. So what, what I want to really help you understand is how do I connect with the wind when the prophetic moves? There is, there is an atmosphere that is necessary for the prophetic. I cannot, he's, he's, he's glued down. Uh, we, we, we cannot prophesy. And like I told you already, there's a big difference between the prophet and prophecy. So we're talking here about the gift of prophecy that every believer can develop, even if you are one day old in the, in the Lord, literally. I learned it in the catacombs. When I was uh, young, I went to a church called the catacombs in Toronto with thousands and thousands of young people. Every Thursday night, three, four thousand would gather. And I became a part of the leadership, surprisingly, because I'm from Israel. The lady, Merla Watson, her name, and her husband, Merv Watson, she wrote the song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I was in her home when she wrote it in Canada. And they found out I was from Israel and wanted me to be a part of the leadership, literally about two weeks after I got saved. Think about two weeks, and I'm in, in a place I never thought I could be in. I'm on that platform... The worship was intense. 
And right after that worship, people began to sing in tongues. And they sang in tongues for a long time. And the cathedral was just, it was like buzzing with the, with the melodies. And it sounded very Middle Eastern melodies were coming out. I never heard in a, in the Western churches. But when we sing in tongues, it's the Gregorian chant. Did you know that? Yeah. When, when I was a child and I went to the Greek Orthodox Church, they would sing, Kyrieleison, Kyrieleison, Kyrieleison. It was that Gregorian chant that I heard at the catacombs every time they would sing in tongues. To this day, when people sing in the Spirit, it's like the Gregorian chant all over again. It's like God's melody in heaven. Isn't that amazing? So, as they began to sing in tongues, which I never had heard like that, except that night, I felt something all around me. I felt an urgency to prophesy. Now imagine, I just was saved only two weeks. And I'm up on that platform in this beautiful cathedral called St. Paul's Cathedral on Bloor Street. And when I began prophesying, I felt fire come on me. It was the first time in my life I experienced the prophetic at a very young age as a Christian. So the the first thing that I want to say about this, because this is really important, the fire of Pentecost is released when we release that moment of faith. And so prophecy comes by the Holy Spirit, naturally. Preaching comes from the intellect. Prophecy comes from the heart. I'm going to say it again. Preaching comes from the intellect. When I teach the word, when I preach, I, I, I know what I'm going to say. That's all in my head already. Yes, I'm still dependent on the Lord's anointing, naturally. But when I prophesy, I don't know what the next word will be. It's completely out of my hands. And every time it happened, and I I almost became the one that prophesied more than anyone else in the catacombs when I was there for years. And every Thursday they began to expect me to say something from the Lord. I didn't do it every week. But when I did a hush fell over the whole thousands and thousands of young people. God literally put me in a place where I began learning the flow of the prophetic. I don't think anyone can prophesy if they don't learn the flow. And the flow is not mental. So we, we you know, read in the Word of God how when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it says they prophesied right, right, right away. Now we, 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 we have to kind of listen to what the Bible says here. I'm going to look at uh, Acts 2.16, uh, where Peter says, Now this is that which was spoken by Joel. It shall come to pass, in the last day, says God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So it's like automatic it didn't say they, they have to go to Bible school. It says your sons and daughters, meaning at little, like young age. God didn't say when they're 20. 
And then if you look at Acts 19, verse 6, and throughout the book of Acts, we see this over and over and over, where when the Spirit of God came, they all prophesied. So, uh, sorry, Acts 19. Let me just go to Acts 19. I'm going to do it one more time here. And, and I've got something to say to you that you may have never really heard before on how to find the flow, how to connect to the flow, because that's no one can teach you that except certain things that I can say and others can say to help you get to the, to the atmosphere where the flow is flowing. So I can show you how to get into the atmosphere. I cannot show you how to get into the flow. Only God will. But if you're in the atmosphere, eventually the flow will come through and you'll come right. It's like it'll, it'll carry you. So it says, and when Paul, I'm reading Acts 19.6, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now these were men who had never heard about the Holy Spirit in that chapter who began the church in Ephesus. Imagine, the whole church in Ephesus begins with men who never heard about the Holy Spirit, and now they're prophesying, as he laid hands on them. All right, number two. Number two, first, we have to understand that when we flow in the prophetic, we flow in fire. If there's no fire, there's no prophetic. In other words, it's not mental, it's not prepared, it's it's the heart that just lights up. And you'll know the moment, I promise you. Nobody will miss that moment when the fire lights up. Like Jeremiah said, I felt fire. And it's not some heat you feel. It's a it's a pressing. It's like you'll explode if you don't speak. It's a burden that's not a heavy burden. It's the burden of the Lord. The burden of the Lord is the prophetic. So I'm not talking about like something you carry on your back that is heavy. I'm talking about something in you that must come out of you. It's called the burden of the Lord. It's very... It's fiery. It's like if you don't speak it, you're going to blow up. Number two, number two, you have to release your faith. So uh, God will not move beyond the, the proportion you allow him. Okay, let's, let's look at Romans 12. Uh, this is very important. So you will not move any deeper than the amount you allow the Holy Spirit to use. So it says, having then gifts differing, having then, I'm reading Romans twelve six. having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to what? The proportion of faith. What does it mean, proportion? It means where I am, my level. God never goes beyond my level in anything. In other words, let's say my level is 
to exhort. That's all God will do through me. Or my level to edify. Or my level to comfort. Or my level to reveal the hidden secrets of the heart. It depends on the level. Because faith brings you to a different level. So you have prophets and prophetesses that go into deep levels. Like Oral Roberts was sitting down with me one day and I said, I'm going to Liberia. And he gave me a very deep prophecy. But that was the level he allowed his faith to go to. He, it, it brought him to. So each one is like some levels maybe are low levels, just to encourage basically. Other levels are to strengthen. Other levels are to comfort. Other levels are to warn. And there's still other levels in the prophetic. So the Bible is so very clear. And listen to, to, to this amazing piece of advice. He says, let us wait on our ministry. He that teaches on teaching. He that exhorts on exhortation. He that gives, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules with, with diligence. He that shows, mer- he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, you know, where's your level? Is what he's saying. Prophecy, uh, you have to find your level of faith before you move. And when you find your level of faith, it's very easy to release it. Very easy. So, okay. And I just said earlier to you that prophecy comes from the Holy Spirit, not from intellect. Now, uh, something that will help your level of faith. How do you increase it? How do you increase your level of faith so you can prophesy at a higher level? Well, you, you have to receive the word of God daily. Because the word brings faith. And faith builds, and faith builds, and faith builds, and it lifts our level. So you, we, we all know faith comes by hearing the word, okay? So, uh, it's very important to increase one's faith for a new realm. We have to hear the word of God daily. Read it daily. And when you add dynamic prayer to the word, what you're doing is uh, you are depositing God's word in your heart with power. Prayer allows you to deposit what you're reading with power. And that will put you in the position to prophesy. It lifts your level to prophesy. Number three. Number three, you have to learn how to operate in the anointing of the moment. The anointing of the moment. So, um, when 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 worship lifts in a service, I was in in Kuala Lumpur years ago, preaching for a pastor named Pastor Tan. Uh, Joseph Prince at that time was music director for that man in Kuala Lumpur, and I went to preach. We're talking years ago, and I was amazed at what I saw. Now. In Canada, we would sing in tongues for a long time till the atmosphere was charged enough for people to prophesy. Because you can't prophesy from hallelujah, hallelujah. No, because that's mental. 
that you, you, you really got glued now. If I sing, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, it's my mind. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory to the Lamb. Many, many times people when they are singing, they're not really in it. Because they go from memory, not from a, a spiritual place. Tongues comes from a spiritual place. Nobody can sing in tongues for half an hour unless they're in a spiritual place. You want to say something? I have a question. Come sit down here so they can hear you. Okay. Do do tongues activate yes. the prophetic? Yes, absolutely. All the time. And the reason they do... I'm about to shout. <laughs> the reason they do is because when I sing with the mind, with the understanding, I'm not triggering the spiritual as much. Unless God gives me a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has given him the victory. That's in the Psalms. I just sang it to you. I just gave you a scripture with a song. So, sing unto the Lord a new song. It triggers the anointing. It triggers the anointing. But if I sing from memory something I've heard over and sang for the last 30 years, 40 years of my life, it loses its punch because it's still here. Soulish realm. It's soulish realm. Now, at one point, that soulish realm becomes spiritual. You, you sing that song long, long enough, you'll connect with Jesus, and then you're not thinking about the song, you're not think, thinking about the Lord. But it, it could take you quite a while before you're in that atmosphere. Tongues brings you in very quickly. Now, if you can't sing in tongues... You can't prophesy. You you don't have the what it takes. It's there. The prophetic is in every believer. Every believer is able to prophesy. The problem is we do not allow the Holy Spirit to fill our tank. And what fills our tank? Tongues. It's all right, it's all right. Don't, don't worry, don't worry. It's all live. We'll just leave it on. Don't, don't worry about that. What, you can shut, shut your phone. That's Siri inter, in, uh, interrupting us. It's fine. But what, <laughs> what fills my tank and your tank is when I go in, in tongues. Like when I pray in tongues in my own privacy, it fills up my tank. Suddenly God is talking to me. It's amazing. Because praying in tongues releases what? Interpretation. It's equal to prophecy. Yeah. You got it. But it's easier to prophesy when you have prayed in tongues. So, we learn how to operate in that anointing when we begin ministering to the Lord with a new song in English or in the Spirit. And I have found over the years in the Spirit it's much quicker to, to prophesy. And I, that happened to me back years ago, and it continued to happen to me for many, many, many years. All right, number, number four. Number four is, under that anointing, don't say anything till you hear a specific word. Because you don't know what's coming next. God always gives us the first word. 
always. So, number one, it's a feeling. I got to do it. Number two, release my faith at that level I can handle. Number three, stir up the anointing. Operate in it. Number four, wait for the word. And you'll hear, I promise you, you'll hear a word, not mentally. Some word will come alive in you right here. You've got to say it. You've, you've had that happen to you. Mm-hmm. All of us have had. And so, if you don't speak it, here's what's going to happen to you. Jeremiah <clears throat> chapter 20. In Jeremiah 20 and uh, verse 9, that word became... Well, let me just say this. Then I said, I'm actually reading verse 9. I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary with forbearing. I could not keep it in. I could not stay. He felt the urgency to speak that word, even if it was only one word. But it was like triggering the rest. When we were kids, uh, we used to uh, go to the, to the store to buy gasoline. We, there was no gas stations in Jaffa you can go to. And we would ride these little Vespa deals. Not many cars in those days when I was growing up. Well, you had to buy that fuel. And everybody in every home had a little hose. About this, this much. And we would siphon we would stick the little hose in the little tank. We'd go to the store, and the thing was about this big, and we'd go buy the yeah. fuel. I've seen it on Middle Eastern Carry movies. it home, huh? I've seen it on Middle Eastern yeah. movies. So we would carry that, that gas home, and we would put the little hose in there and do this, and we'd spit everywhere because the thing got an our taste. And it just kept flowing, filling the little gas tank on the Vespa, on the little... What do you call those in English? The Vespa, the little motorcycle. Yeah. Moped, moped. We just fill it. That's how this works. You let one word out and the thing flows right out of you. You, and then, then you can't stop. And, and, the pump. I love it. But another thing that will, will, will happen to you if you don't, you may, you may feel a fire or you may feel this. Uh, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, listen, this is, this is glorious. So when Jeremiah was about to prophesy, it says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. It's like it's a joyful moment, and you got to speak it. You have, And the minute you speak that fiery moment, joyful moment, fiery word, joyful word, it'll flow like that gas came out of that tank. And it just won't stop. All right. So, and, and, you know, there's a beautiful um, portion in Psalm 45, verse 1. It says, my heart is entitling a good matter concerning the king. David was talking about the Messiah, and he said, I can't keep it in. And the word prophesy means to bubble. I didn't know that. Yeah, it means to, in Hebrew, it means to bubble up. That's what it means. Isn't it amazing? Wow. So you, you, you can look it up. So, uh, it's not when when you speak it. This is this is key. This is key. When you speak that first word that flows, the, that the rest flows, you know, out of. It's not a a thought. It's not a passing thought. It's not an idea. It is a quickened word. 
big difference between a passing thought or an idea and a quickened word that you feel in the in the in your in your being. You have to say it. You may be looking at somebody and you just feel like I have to tell them this now. You don't know why. And you speak it and the and the rest just comes with power. All right. Number five. Number five is very, very important. You have to wait for the right moment. Because the right moment, we have to learn the mood of the spirit. I, it's the only word I can use. Learn the mood of the Holy Ghost before you speak. It's like, it's like the eagle that stands on that mountain in Deuteronomy 32 and spreads their wings. How? They can discern the wind. No eagle ever soars. They wait for the winds to be just right and then they do this. And they soar in, in great heights. Prophecy is, is, is the same. You wait for that beautiful moment to be the most intense moment. So when we used to sing in the spirit, I learned that when I was young, I would wait till I, I could feel it's getting very intense. And it didn't get intense in the beginning. It got intense as the crowd became one. Oneness in the spirit is the most beautiful moment to prophesy. Because then it's God. You're really good, aren't you? It confirms what I've seen through the years. It's, I've never heard it said. Well, you have to wait for the oneness. And the oneness happens in worship. But worship, once it turns into the song of the Lord, it moves into an intense level. With the And now, what happens in, in, in worship when people are singing, they're not all worshiping. I mean, most of them are singing. The worshippers are the ones who go into tongues. The, the singers get tired and stop. I've seen that for years. You know, people sometimes get so tired, they actually sit down. I've been standing too long. But those who get in the spirit have no uh, need to sit down or do anything because their energy level goes up. Because real worship strengthens the body, not weakens the body. Anybody says, oh, I'm so tired. Well, you weren't worshiping, you were just singing. But if you're worshiping, you'll stand on those feet for 10 hours and not even feel it. We used to worship at Catherine Goodman for so long, those services would go for five hours, and it felt like five minutes. Because people wanted to be there. They were desperate for a miracle. It happened in our crusades. But I've seen people sit down in churches. Oh, I'm so tired. After 10 minutes, they want to sit down. Well, you're never going to go to those high levels like the eagle if you're going to sit down because you're tired. Because it's all flesh then. It's all flesh. But when there's that intense worship in people, they always want to go beyond that. They want to go into the song of the Lord, as it's called in the Bible, which is singing in the Spirit. Like Paul said, I will sing with the understanding and with the Spirit. There's a whole different world in this world. And this is where the prophetic flows. It's in the spiritual realm. So, um, let me, let me just give you number six and number seven and I'm done. 
um, you have to learn not just the mood of the Holy Spirit, you have to learn to discern the thoughts of the Holy Spirit before the prophecy comes comes forth with power. Meaning, um, mm, this is this is this is going to be a little tricky to explain. Before a baby walks, he crawls, right? Uh, the strength of the wind is so necessary for the prophetic to be right on. You know how when 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 we are flying on a plane, there's a moment when the wind just does this. We wait for that, and God will always show up like that. If if I prophesy and the wind is weak, the prophetic is not intense. I may have a few words and then stop. But a prophecy that gets the attention of the crowd and God moves through you with just such speed and fire is the prophecy that that waits for the most intense winds to blow. So I'm on that mountain. I'm in the, I'm feeling that mood of the wind and I'm about to spread my wings, but I wait just for that one moment when the wind will pass by me and they'll never pass by me that way ever again in my life. Old Roberts used to say, the anointing comes in different ways. It always comes towards you or passes by you. It depends on where you, where your faith is. You have to move just at that moment when it's really intense. Seize the moment. See, yeah, very much so. But it's very, very, very hard to explain that moment. Very hard. Unless you've been there. Unless you... Anybody who's prophesied knows what I'm talking about. And then you learn, by the way, the more you prophesy, the more you understand how to discern the winds. Because then, because you, you'll say to yourself, well, the last time I prophesied, I prophesied at a low level. I didn't have a whole lot to say. Nobody paid attention or they paid attention for a few minutes and then they lost. Then I lost them. But if, when you learn that, that moment, the strongest wind will carry you further. Then people say to, to you, Merla Watson walked up to me. This was after a good year and more. I'd been prophesying nearly, oh, so like at least once a month, maybe even twice a month. And she walked up to me. She said, the prophetic is a part of your life now. Just like just walked away. And I didn't know what, what, what she said. I was learning the word of the Lord. I was learning the song of the Lord. I was learning. And you know, prophecy, real prophecy has nothing to do with, I know your address. I know your phone because that's not prophecy. Uh, it's knowing the thought of God, the mind of God. It's knowing what to say to that man that God is telling you to tell him. And here's the thing, here's the thing that I've seen, and I'm almost done. Never do I remember any prophecy I heard in that way that I have forgotten. I remember that to this day. Well, it says what? It says for edification, exhortation, and comfort. But wait, if I don't remember what that man or woman said, how can I be edified tomorrow? How can I be, you know, strengthened tomorrow? 
Or how can I be comforted when I need it? So people say, now what did they say to me? What if you didn't understand it then? Here it really wasn't God, was it? Because when they don't remember it, it's because it's mental. It came out of his mind, not the Lord's heart. God's word penetrates the spirit of man. And you'll never forget what, what, what you heard. I remember to this day, every prophecy ever given to me from heaven. Even back in the 70s. I can tell you what I was who, and who gave it to me. It's happened every single time. All right. Now, uh, number seven, I'm done. Wow. Stir the gift. How? You stir the gift by reading the scripture and praying in your earthly language and then go into heavenly language. Every time I read the word, I'm stirring the gifts of God in my life. Because God's word is fuel. God's word is power. It's fuel to my engine. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray. Can you guys pray in tongues out loud? Come on, all, all of us. Lord, my God, use this this time to help everyone listening and everyone who's been with us to release the prophetic. And Lord, my God, I pray that you will anoint them, anoint them to become your vessels that will prophesy, that will bless many in Jesus' name. Let the prophetic flow out of them, Lord. Make them all instruments of your word in the name of Jesus. I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may have to listen to this more than once to get everything I said. Yeah. I think one thing I really heard is it's timing. Huh? Here, here. Timing. One, one more I think time. one thing I really learned is timing is everything. Very much. And it's spiritual timing. Yeah. Yeah, spiritual timing. And spiritual timing is discerned only as we are in an atmosphere called the high place, which comes with worship. Worship brings us to the high place, always. Okay, blessings to you, you sweet people, and it's time to sow seed in the Lord's work. (laughs) And the Lord's going to bless you. I'm here with, with three amazing men, and we're going to believe God. Let's can, can we believe all of us for their Absolutely. prosperity that God will bless his saints? Can, can you guys pray in tongues again while yeah. I pray for them? So Lord, in Jesus' name, bless them financially. Lord, we're all in agreement here for them. That you'll bless your people financially as they sow seed in your blessed work. Bless them, bless them, bless them in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Now listen, sweet people. We are uh, opening our own Roku channel. They were they were supposed to do it uh, the next few days. I told them to wait. I said, wait. I, I would like to release it December 21st. Because that's the day God touched my life in Catherine's meetings. That's really my anniversary in the spirit. December 21, 
73 is when I met the Holy Ghost. What, what does the Roku thing mean? What is it? It's exactly? a whole channel, 24 hours a day. Like for, a Netflix, like a... Yeah, yeah Roku is what? Roku. You, it's you can, an app. Yeah, it's it's an app. app. We all streaming. Have, streaming, yeah. yeah. We, are, we, we have enough now to fill 24 hours a day on a channel. Yeah. And it's our own Roku. And we need $36,000 to release it. Oh, sorry, sorry, 48,000. 48,000. 48, I heard the phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were in the, you were with me. So, uh, we are ready to release it and it's going to be global. Think about being on Roku globally and it'll be 24 hours a day, seven days a week with. Yeah. The 48,000 is for two full years. It, that's all we, that's all we pay, 48,000 for two full years to be on Roku. And that's 24, that's our own channel. So as God speaks to you, just sow that seed and let's reach the world for God. Jesus, his precious name be glorified. All right. Much love. Now listen, you can sow on the program, on the, on the platform you are watching me on, or you can go to benin.org or simply text BHM45777. I'm sorry I went a little over time, but it was good stuff. Okay. Much love and I'll see you tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be very, very, special. I have a word for you that is burning deep in my soul that I really need to talk to you about. And I think I already shared some with you okay. about tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, you, you just tune in and be blessed. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.